Hi there, we're ADV Marketing, a marketing agency that develops high quality and cost-effective marketing materials. Our relationship-driven business model and customized marketing solutions makes us the perfect partner for small businesses looking to grow. I'm your host, Lena Rice. Join Sarah and me here on Marketing Matters every other Monday to discuss business-to-business marketing topics. Now let's get into the episode. Sarah, we're talking about one of your favorite topics today. Yeah, it is one of my favorite topics. You can you can tell them what the topic is. It's websites. I'm <laughs> so excited. I love websites. Okay, y'all, I got this new monitor, and it makes me oh feel like so happy because I can have like my like my yeah. HTML CSS like code yeah. thing on the on here, and then I can have like my website. Oh, it's just so great. I'm excited. I got a monitor for Christmas. Yeah, but I haven't set it up yet because my brother has to set it up, and we move tomorrow, so we can set up. After yeah. we move, yeah. But I'm very excited about it because I right now. I mean, we have very large laptops. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm very glad about that. We have yeah. like the big ones. Yeah. Um. But even still, there's some things that like split screen is still way too small. Like yeah. I'm like, I don't. I can't see that. <laughs> but I need them next to each other, so I'm yeah. very excited about mine. It is actually life changing. It's really nice. But anyway, I'll, I'll know soon. We are talking about websites, and it's my favorite thing. That's amazing. So, okay, before we get into the, to the actual decision, why are websites your favorite thing? Um, I don't know. I get in such, like, a flow. Fair. Like, when I'm doing code. And it's actually a thing. Like, people say that coding is one of the major things that send people into flow mode. Mm-hmm. And flow mode's like when you get so z- yeah. zoned in, like, mm-hmm. time, like, literally time does not pass. And then you, like, resurface four hours later and you're like, what? Time? Yeah. <laughs> So it's like that kind of state, right. and I just get so into it. It has the perfect mix of like left-brained and right-brained activities, and I'm like, oh, I just love it. It's really nice. <laughs> I think it's so funny, but I think it's amazing. But it's just, it's very you. Yeah. People who know you are like, yeah, I like websites. <laughs> I really like them. And I'm always learning something new, because yeah. websites are always changing. That's but, so funny. Yeah. So Sarah, today we're answering the age-old question. Mm-hmm. You have a website. Now what? Yeah. I'm a business owner. I have a website. I set one up. You know, I did it myself. I did it through Wix or whatever. Yeah. Please yeah. use Wix. Don't use don't use Squarespace. No. We Please don't. don't. Can can this be the opposite of an endorsement for Squarespace? <laughs> Please don't do it. Yeah. Just don't. If you want to know why, give us a call. Yeah. Um, but I made my website. Yeah. I did it on Wix. Used their hosting that they recommended. Yeah. Bought my domain. Mm-hmm. But I haven't touched it in six months. Yeah. Then you would be like 80% of every <laughs> B2B website owner. Um, B2B websites are hard because unlike B2C or even e-commerce platforms, your website is not where your business lives. And even like B2C websites can have a weird role. But in B2B, it actually is important because... It is. It plays key roles for yeah. your marketing, yeah. and if you want a really holistic, comprehensive marketing plan, you need a website in the center of that for a wide range of reasons. There's all agree. sort of statistics that say people research a company on their website before actually starting conversations with them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Think about you know this is B two C, but when you go and you are trying to find. A tailor, for example, because mm-hmm. nowadays I don't feel like that's super common that people get tailors, but yeah. say that you want one for 
something. And what are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna Google it. Yeah. And then what are you gonna do after that? Mm -hmm. You're gonna click on their website. And yeah. If they have a really bad website. Are you gonna use them? Yeah. Are you? Do you really want someone with the lack of attention to detail hemming your pants? <laughs> like not really. Yeah. Um. So it's the same kind of thing with B two B. Some people, so some people watching this might say, like, I get my services from my network. So sure. I get recommendations from people and they sure. tell me. But if you think about it, how many times have you just heard a recommendation and immediately called a, a phone number you got? Like, I've you researched them before yes. on some sort of hub. Like, yeah. either LinkedIn, but websites are the most And being common. the Gen Z that I am, I go to see if they have a chat function. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Websites are important for establishing your business as a credible business because a lot of people base their perceptions on your business based on what your website looks like and yeah. what it has on it. And then also it is like how people find you, how people contact you, yeah. all that good stuff. So it is really important. First, we ask the question, you have a website, now what? But up front, I want to define what your website should be doing because... I think that's a great idea. Yeah. If you have a website that's not working for you, like these recommendations that we're going to talk about the rest of the podcast are going to be useless because you're not starting with a good foundation. I actually heard some really good advice that I think will tell, tell our audience exactly what you're thinking, which what? is your website should be your 24-7 salesperson. Yep. For sure. Yeah, because it has all of the right language on there. Yeah. It has your branding. It yep. has exactly what you want to be perceived as yeah. on there. And if people are looking to it to get more information, which is typically a salesperson job, right? Right. Like the key client contact for yeah. questions, then it should be your 24-hour, 24-7 salesperson. But then also, it is a lead trap which I thought about a yes. lot of words that I could use to describe websites in terms of <laughs> capturing leads, but lead capturer did not sound as good as mm. lead trap. I like lead trap. <laughs> yeah. That is better. So even though it's, I don't know, trap sounds like violent, but anyway, <laughs> it's not violent. Yeah. It's good. Um, a lead we trap. We trap them and they can't escape. <laughs> I know. You got them. Um, leads, they're all funnel. Maybe it's a lead funnel. No, it's a lead trap. It's capturing things. <laughs> I really think it is. I just keep going back to it. But anyway, so it's like capturing all the leads and you really storing are, them there. Like, you're aggressive. Yeah. Like, get those leads. <laughs> and don't let them go. <laughs> and then it's also a content hub. So in previous episodes, we talked about a website is really a hub of your marketing. It is. Because everything leads back to it. It really does. Yeah. And you can do a lot of tracking on a website. Surely. So we have a hub as a company where, you know, all of our company management things go to this hub. Everything is connected to this hub mm -hmm. and it's a software. Every company has that, you yeah. know, whether it's your CRM mm -hmm. or maybe it's something else entirely. So everybody has a hub. Your website is no different. A it should space. be the hub of your marketing. Yes. And so if everything is leading back to your website, then yep. you're redirecting them to your 24-7 salesperson yep. and getting them to know you as a company how they should know you. And yes. you're controlling that perception. Yes. So if your website's not doing that, then look back at the other episodes where you talk about websites because you need to start step one. <laughs> this is step two. Fair enough. Um, now that you have a website and it's doing everything you want it to do and it's a well-trained salesperson and a, and a really good capturer <laughs> of leads, 
needs. Which um, just means that you should probably have somewhere on your website a place to capture emails. Yes. Um, and names. Yeah. Ideally. Exactly. Have the name. Um, whether that's they sign up for your newsletter or mm -hmm. they need to put in their email to download a specific document, mm -hmm. whatever that may be, that's an example of ways to get those yes. leads. And then contact forms are yes. ubiquitous across yes. you need to have websites. That. But anyway, so if you have all of that, then I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> you have to make it effective. And yeah. making it effective in a lot of ways, one, so there's lots of ways you can make it effective, yeah. but key is search engine optimization, right? which a lot of people will come to us and say, I need SEO. And it's like, maybe, <laughs> I mean, that might not be where we start. <laughs> SEO is pretty big. <laughs> like yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's not something you like add to your cart on Amazon and then you get SEO. Like it's, it's like <laughs> a lot more. If yeah. clients went on our website and they were just like, like SEO, SEO, please implement then, that, um, install. It just happened. Yeah. It's a lot more involved than yeah, that. Yeah, it really is. And SEO for, like SEO we've been saying. SEO is ongoing. Yeah. Like we've been saying, it's not the same as B2C. No, so it's not. So there's a lot of different ways Who you can. also cannot add it to their cart. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, SEO for B2C is a whole different ball game. And it's there's an a extra lot. level of hard. Yes. It's like, you know, when you play Mario and like there's like the easy levels and then yeah. you get to the very end and it's like impossible. Yeah. That's the B2C side of SEO. <laughs> it's it's quite a lot. It requires big, big teams. It does. But B2B, like we've said in every episode, you're focusing on different things yes. than on B2C. Right. And your competition looks very different. Your clients look different too. Yep. So what they're looking for on a website and what they're inputting in search is different from B2C. Totally. Yes. So when you're talking about search engine optimization, you have to put yourself in the customer's shoes. And in B2B, they're not looking for the cheapest thing. Like, you know, when you Google, like, I need like a cord. And so I Googled like <laughs> cord. <laughs> I just picked like the thing that got here the soonest and was the cheapest. Right. That's not B2B. No. Your clients are looking for trusted network partners yeah. they're looking for trusted service providers that know what they're doing yeah and you don't necessarily get that with paid campaigns or paid search campaigns mm -hmm. so on one hand seo is optimizing your website for paid search ads but then the other side of it is the organic part right so it's optimizing how your web page shows up on google search yeah. and for B2B especially, and in the com commercial and industrial space, C&I stuff, yeah. the keywords that you're optimizing for might get like 27 monthly searches. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not a lot. You're yeah. not you're not trying to reach the masses, you know? Right. Like you're, you just wanna show up. You're not up. selling a bag of Cheetos. Yeah, you just wanna show up for the person who might not know like the one service provider that they need for their right. business, but you can help them. So it's just, it's another way to capture leads, but it's also very different from the mass market appeal that is B2C SEO. Yeah. So most of effective B2B SEO, B2B SEO is putting yourself in your customer's shoes, figuring out what they are Googling and then optimizing your website for organic SEO, right. which Google, you can look up like SEO tips and it might be like, you have to have X words on a blog post or you have to have this many keywords, but don't overstuff keywords because right. then it's spammy. <laughs> and like, yeah. it's like all these tips. 
in the end, all you're doing is creating good content because yes. that's all Google wants to show people is yes. good content. So yes. if you have good content, most of the because other Google stuff falls in line. Google is also trying to help its SEO by yeah. being reliable. Yes. Relevance and authority are the two like main concepts in SEO. But Definitely. We can do another. Have we done an SEO website, uh, podcast? If we did, it was a while ago. I know, right? I'm like, it must have been. Maybe we, we just mentioned we it. Have. Go see if we didn't assume. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> and then consistent maintenance is the next thing you have to think about. So, in mm -hmm. addition to making it effective in terms of like search my engine optimization, six -month -old website that I haven't touched, you have to maintain it for sure. That's part of SEO. Yeah. Google will not index your website as highly if you haven't maintained it in a while because, right. like, relevance, right? Relevance yeah. and authority. You're always going back to that. You're not relevant. You didn't update it. Yeah. And the okay. best way. Sarah, Go ahead. I made my website six months ago. Do I really need to start from scratch? No, you don't need to start from scratch. Okay, so what do I need to do to maintain my website? What does that mean? Content. Oh. So the best way to maintain a website and stay up to date is to do blog updates. And look, you don't have to have like a blog, you know? Like, <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like the word blog, and I don't like saying that to clients because they're like, I am not a, I don't know who blogs anymore. I'm not a recipe mom, you know, like, right. I, like, yeah, you're not, you're not blogging, <laughs> but it's what they call it, right. which is like regular updates so to your website. So could I upload, say, a manual that I created for my product and would that count? If it's timestamps, yes. You just have to upload it in a way that Google can index the time and see that you have updated your website recently. But the best way to do it that captures all of the SEO best practices is having a blog with article updates. You can call it a newsroom, resources, updates, anything yeah. that's better than blog. <laughs> I would not recommend and not using for blog. Baby. Yeah. But something like that will tremendously help the effectiveness of your website. Okay. We recommend monthly at least because mm -hmm. that just keeps your site fresh and relevant. Yeah. So that's my recommendation. Um, the last is performance monitoring. So okay. making it effective for search and optimization, consistent maintenance, performance monitoring. So you want to establish what metrics you're measuring on your website, which goes back to your objectives that you set. Right. And then where the issues are, troubleshoot those and then fix them in your consistent maintenance. I like it. Yeah. That is what that is. That's really good. <laughs> so, okay. So you've, you're going to do content, mm -hmm. you're going to do it monthly. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that I need to be doing? When, so, okay, if I don't have to start from scratch, yeah. do I ever need to go back to scratch? That's a good question. So usually the clients that we go fully back, like start from scratch, are the websites that are so outdated, they look like they were made in the 80s. And it's at that point... Bad. At that point, it's a perception problem. Right. Because, like, you look outdated. Right. Are your services outdated? Is your team outdated? Are you out of touch? Are you not responsive because it takes you forever to do things? Like, yeah. all of that, that's what I see when I see an outdated website. It's a company that can't keep up with its marketing and can't keep up with its clients. Yeah, I would so, agree. You don't really want to be that. <laughs> um, that's the point that I would start from scratch. Also, if your branding's inconsistent, like that's a problem, and that needs to be solved as soon as possible. If you got a logo update, if you got 
like if you want to modernize your branding, all of that has to be reflected in your website. It all needs to be consistent. Those are the scenarios in which I would start from scratch. You can usually make a website work for you as long as you have mechanisms for updating it regularly and establishing some sort of expertise on it. So having a resources page where you do write okay. about your specific expertise and your resource to your industry. That's really helpful. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do that now. Okay. <laughs> I have a thing to help you do that. Really? Okay. So I have put together a website maintenance plan, three steps. Isn't that okay. so nice? A three-step website maintenance plan. I like it. I know. It's very clickbaity. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not clickbait. It's real. Okay. <laughs> so first, first step, coordinate your SEO. Okay. Research and report on your top keywords, what your clients are looking for and what you, what you want your website How to say. How would I find that? Okay. Google has some free resources, actually. Google Trends, I think it's called now, is what will tell you what the search volume for key keywords are. So if you know your websites are Googling construction services, which that would be a lot of key, that'd be a lot of volume, <laughs> not gonna lie. You might wanna be like, I don't know, what's a good example? Maybe you wanna be commercial construction services. Yeah, commercial construction services or like pipelines, which we do a lot of work with, be like ILI vendors. Yeah. Guarantee you, ILI vendors gets like 15 monthly <laughs> searches at most. So that is very low, but you, you wanna be know. at the top. Yeah, you do wanna be on top of that, that's for sure. Anyone searching ILI vendors should definitely see you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you wanna know that. You want to prioritize those keywords and then that can help you with an implementation plan. There's a lot of stuff having to do with like meta tags yeah. and heading tags and all that good stuff. That's where you can bring in an expert in SEO and really right. help you out with that because that's just tedious work and that can get done pretty quick. But you have to know what keywords you want to prioritize. Okay. And then coordinating your content plan comes naturally out of that because if you know what keywords you want to rank for, then write an article about it. Like that's the way to do it. That makes sense. Yep. So then you have a starting place. You plan your publishing timeline. What are you going to write about each month? Okay. All that good stuff. And then stay up to date with what your customers are searching. So industry trends, stay on top of that. Make sure that you're incorporating that into your articles because relevancy and authority, if you can comment on what's going on in your industry right now and what's trending, that establishes you as an authority. Okay. And then regular reporting. So <laughs> this is the last step in my three-step website maintenance plan. I like it. I know. Isn't it so fancy? Yeah. But monitor performance. You want monthly, quarterly, and yearly reports. Because they Makes look different. Sense. Yeah. Monthly might look, it's like you're going down, but like actually there's this really weird peak in one one month mm -hmm. of the year and now you're finally normalizing and you're actually higher than you were in January. Like you want the whole, right. you want the whole spiel for it's your It's like when you're investing. Don't, yeah. don't look at last week. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Look at five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 10 years, whatever So different, yeah. Yeah. So in your monthly reports, I recommend having objective focused metrics. Yeah. So have objectives for your website and measure those specifically each month. Quarterly, start having a more holistic overview. What are the trends for each month? What are some stuff you can tackle now so your yearly performance review looks a little bit better? Sure. And then yearly, look at trends. I keep yawning. I know. I know. <laughs> SEO is like dry. No, it's but not. But I can be the one that loves websites. <laughs> Lena doesn't. It's fine. I love podcasts. <laughs> I know. 
Can you tell? Yeah. To each I'm glad I trapped you to do this podcast with me. Yeah, I know. I have a lot to say on it. <laughs> I really like it. Well, thank you so much for walking us through this because yeah. it is so helpful mm -hmm. for our business owners out there who just... I mean, you're told you need a website, you need a website, you need a website, but you're not told what to do after. Yeah, you put up a website and you're like, it's, it's not, not doing working. anything. You, it needs to work. Yeah, it does It should be working. working. There is a step two to the process for sure. Totally agree. All right, do you have any last thoughts or advice for our business owners before we go? Websites are time consuming, but worth it. I agree And we've that. seen that like time and time again. Yeah. It, Websites should not cost you an astronomical amount of money. They should not cost your entire marketing budget. Yeah. But for a quality website, you will pay a quality price. Yeah. And you get what you pay for. We've also seen that. Yes. A lot. A lot of our clients have come to us with websites that were designed elsewhere. Yeah. And, and they can't access them. For, you know, cheaper, we make it better. <laughs> yeah. Especially, like... Typically, really cheap websites, like you can't edit, and that's why they're cheap. Do not pay for a website that you can't that access. You can't access. Oh, so true. It's it's, it's absolutely not useful to you if you cannot get in. We there will and never it. lock you out of your website. Yeah, very true. We know people that do that. Step two of my three-step website maintenance plan. So listen to it. I would agree. Yeah, good advice. Thank you. Well, thank y'all so much for joining us. We're yes. so glad that y'all are now able to watch us, which is kind of weird. I, know. I don't know if I'm supposed to look at you or I'm supposed to look at the camera. Or... I feel like we're inviting them into our circle. I know. I know. Well, they not have the like a circle. Because you know they're redoing that 70s show. Oh. And they're making that 90s show, so it made me think of the circle. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> not that circle. <laughs> so the last podcast we talked about new. <laughs> And now we're talking about that 70s show. I love that 70s show. It's so good. The 70s, like, I I think I would have I loved living it. in the 70s. I yeah. can see it. <laughs> Lena does belong in the 70s. Okay, but what era would you belong in? I don't know. I have thoughts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm I scared can, to hear them. I could see you in the 30s. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I could. I could also kind of see you in the 50s. I was about to say the but 50s. But I almost think it's too modern for you. That's so funny. That's so okay, funny. Okay, but to be fair, yesterday you dressed and you were like, I look like a grandpa. Yeah, and I was the most comfortable I'd been in many days. So <laughs> I was very up for it. I had yeah. plaid pants and like a I thought you looked sweater. adorable. I didn't think Thank you looked like you. a grandpa. I also had Oxfords on. I, you know what you looked like? There's these teddy bears. <laughs> Yeah, you, that's right. what you were dressed like. Explains why I was so comfortable. <laughs> I was happy that day. I mean, I'm happy today, but I was happy that day too. <laughs> yeah, so good. Very fun. Well, thanks again <laughs> for joining us and listening to our one-off conversations. Yeah. <laughs> and we will be back in a week after next, so be sure to subscribe, leave us comments, all the good things. Yeah. And we will see you next time.